Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast, where even you, as a Chicago Bear, can walk away with another flag on the field. That was brutal. <laughs> That was not and good. You got to realize, like I brought this up on on, it's on Twitter, I think, and we talked about it a little bit in, in a DM. But like, I married a Bears fan, but the right. Bears have been so bad that I've basically married into apathy. Okay, so like <laughs> a Bears win or a loss has zero effect on my life. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so I, you know, I watch. I, I grew up, you know, with the '85 Bears, and so it's always easy to kind of love the Bears for that. You know, way back when glamour and you know the Super Bowl shuffle, and, and I, I, I've just kind of always liked the Bears. Sure. <clears throat> that being said, same thing for me. If they win, they win. If they lose, they lose. Unless it very sure. specifically affects the Dallas Cowboys, I don't care. Right. So when I'm watching a game, I'm like, hey, it's Monday night. There's a game on. Why not? Right. Yeah, you know, that's sure. kind of what Monday Night Football is outside of, what, two or three times a year for each fan, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, I obviously my my loyalties, but once again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about with the NFL. I'm not a huge fan of the NFL as it is, but um, I am a Steelers fan by proxy through my father. So, obviously, I did have ties for the game. But, you know, upon watching the game and seeing – It's tough. It's tough because, you know, you want to be like, yay, my team – but on the other hand, you're watching this going. When it's so another bad, penalty. <laughs> yeah, when it's so bad, the nation is reacting. And yeah, and, so, and don't get me wrong, like I'm a big Cowboys fan. I really am. Oh, um, yeah. I, and I've, you know, the NFL is. Uh, um, I know, like, there's over the years has been. You know, I'm not going to watch them anymore because of this reason or this social reason or whatever. And right. that's fine. But I still play fantasy football. I still root for the Cowboys and. And by play fantasy football, I mean dominate. I should probably have a podcast on fantasy football so all you <laughs> losers could try winning for once. Um, but uh, but but I mean, I love the game of football. I always have. Oh right? sure, and yeah. um, and so it was just tough to watch, and especially and obviously, it's like everything on the planet when it comes to sports. When you get the replay in a little bit slower motion, mm-hmm. it becomes that much more egregious. Okay, so official hip checking the poor guy. Like I, I've never seen anything like that. Now, granted. Again, you know, we we live in a world, and especially when it's the one game on, everybody's watching it, and all it takes is one person to slow it down and put it on social media, and it can blow up, right? It, which is exactly what happened. But, man, it doesn't matter what angle you look at, because you didn't just yeah. have crazy fans online freaking out about it. It's, the entire sports world is like, what are you doing being a part of this game? Yeah, I mean, even Steelers fans were sitting there going, Wow. Why are you doing this? The Bears gave the officials plenty of reasons to throw flags the entire game. I mean, yeah, jump. I mean, like false starts every, every five seconds. Lining up offsides. I've never, I've never seen a professional. That's that's the equivalent of being a house builder. Sure. And like three out of your last ten homes, you forgot to put roofs on them. Like, right. Exactly. Like, like lining up offsides for you know what I'm saying. So it's, um, but yeah, whatever. It's again. It's, it's tough. It's the it's the NFL. Yeah. Um, so. Unless you're a fan, like you know, unless you're a fan of the Bears or the Steelers, or it specifically, you know, affected your team, which this early in the year in those two teams, right? You'd be in a weird spot for that game to matter to your team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it was certainly the, you know, again, it's the only game in town. And so everybody's right. going to talk about it, right? Exactly. Well, guys, uh, once again, this is the Red Ass Podcast. And I am uh, Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie class of uh, 2014. And this is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. And we are getting ready for uh, Ole Miss Week at this stage of the game, right? We are. We got ourselves some land sharks, uh, some uh, rebel bears, or, uh, you know, the colonel, whatever they are at this point. I, I still think they should have been the what is it like the fighting Admiral Akbars? Admiral Akbar. Okay. They should have been. If, if you are an uncultured or just a little young for this, you need to go on the internet and look up uh, Old Miss Admiral Akbar from Star Wars, and you will see probably one of the greatest things you've ever seen in your life as far as a campaign. It was yeah. phenomenal. Well, because it went through this whole thing. Remember, so you know the Old Miss Rebels, right? And we can't have that. You sure. Know, so. So they went through this whole renaming process and it, it turned into a campaign. Like I've seen, I've seen like state gubernatorial races with as much hype as, as the Admiral Akbar's got. Yeah. There it was, was well run. Well, it was well run. And one of my buddies who was in uh, college at A&M at the time uh, decided, he told me that if Ole Miss legitimately would have done that, he is such a Star Wars nerd. He was half considering transferring just so he could have that as his mascot. I mean, I don't know that I ever would have transferred, but one, it's like you and your minor league baseball hats, right? Like there's yeah. some that you have to have that literally just cause they look good, you know, cause minor league baseball has some of the greatest mascots on the planet. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Come on. Savannah bananas, you making bacon. What you would have had would have been thousands upon thousands of people just in the United States that would have become old miss fans based solely on like that would have been the only thing they knew initially well that's going to bridge the gap you know between star wars and college football that's a big gap it's a big gap but you get a lot of those nerds that would have never have jumped in on college football and disclaimer i'm a star wars nerd same here yeah I'm, i'm one of the people that bridges that gap yeah but yeah massive star wars nerd so yeah, so, so Ole Miss uh, this week. And Boy, we started off in left field and right field. This is great. Yeah, yeah, we're just it's it's a. Great we have week. zero plan for this week. I'm just warning you. Oh yeah, not not a single one. <clears throat> Other than the obvious. Other than the obvious, you know, like for example, uh, Auburn last week, not a single offensive touchdown, but we thoroughly dominated a football game. Isn't that fun to watch? Uh, that was just an unbelievably fantastic defensive effort. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I know. You know, when you go back and you look, and even when you're watching the game, but when you go back and look, things can look worse than than they did in real time. And the offensive production, obviously, is it's not where you need it to be. It's not where you want it. Troubling. Sure. Yeah. But what's weird is, and I think I saw, it was a post or a tweet, somebody said, you know, I really felt like, you know, we had so many um, issues with the running game. And then when I went back and looked at the actual game, it was only like two or three times that we got stopped on a, you know, a, certainly a run play or something like that. And so, you know, when the defense is playing so well and the offense isn't lighting it up and you can't pull away, I think it's easy to come away from the game thinking that, man, good thing our defense is good because our offense sucks. But if you'll go back and look at it, the offense is probably a little bit more productive than you gave it credit for during the game. But that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be better. So it can be both. Well, and – my my example I like to use uh, is like offensive production versus defensive production. Let's just look at that Alabama game. You put up 41 points against Alabama. And you had to. And you had to to win that football game. We didn't have to put up 41 against Auburn to win this football game. In reality, we needed six. And we ended up getting 20 thanks to the defense. But, I mean, watching that game, 
and having you know I once again didn't get a chance to watch it in real time but went back and watched the replay I mean there were many points when runners were very close to making it happen then it would be oh there'd be a penalty oh there would be a punch out fumble you know that happened on a chain mm-hmm. when that should have he was easily going to put themselves in another prime scoring uh, you know position at that point so it's not to say that that <clears throat> I will say that point spread was probably not indicative of just how dominant of a good football game it was, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think the guys absolutely went out there and did their job on that front. Um, I think offensively, sure, there's a few things that we can definitely fix from week to week. Um, that's something that we're going to be able to do. But How much are you fixing this late in the season, though? You know, Yeah. So it's <clears throat> our offense is – I think it's more of a it is what it is, maybe. Maybe. I, I think it's a little bit better than what we saw. But I don't. Right. I don't think it's much better than what we saw. But we saw also that Auburn, you know, coming into this weekend, uh, if you look at our rush defensive numbers, they were very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn had very good rush defensive stats. Good tank Bigsby is legit. Yeah, and Tank is legit, and we held him in check. Bottled him up. I mean, there were you know two factors that we really took into play. We said we needed to keep Bo Nix in the pocket, and we needed Tank Bigsby to be shut down. Guess what? Those two things happened. Yeah, you know, I, I thought one of the biggest keys was if you'd given up 150 yards in rushing, but 75 or 80 of those were Bo, were to Bo Nix, that's still a problem. That would have been a problem. So, yeah, the, I mean, you could we could fill an hour, you know, praising the defensive showing and yeah, 20 to three. So, you know, the difference between 20 to three and 40 to three, right? Sure. So you're like, man, what what it would be such a convincing win, but and this will kind of lead into something else we're going to talk about. But I think the college football rankings has shown that our losses are going to weigh heavier. Our bad losses are going to weigh heavier than our good wins. Yeah, yeah. Alabama got us in the graces, but from there we don't have any. We we don't have the opportunity for a better win than Alabama. And I'm just so confused about how they're planning on ranking that because we, we'll get into the playoff rankings, and there's a great example of that. I'll get into it in a minute. But um, looking at you know our particular game. I mean, let's. I mean, the only way you splash that is if you go like sixty to three. I don't think forty to three is any different than twenty to three. No, and I, I'll tell you what this game reminded me a lot of in a lot of ways, with the exception of us getting a defensive touchdown, was that Nebraska game in twenty ten. This was a game that relied defensively and on the crowd. Yeah. And guess what? The crowd and the defense won that game. Second largest attendance. That's a, that's just fantastic. One hundred nine thousand. I mean, I'm in. I mean, and, Auburn. Well, and this I mean, is no offense, Auburn, but yeah, but this was the largest crowd since they finished the stadium. Because mm. you remember, the 110 was when it was still the old home side, and they had more seats. Yep. So this is the largest crowd in the completed stadium. Which you know, hats off to the 12th man. Hats off to the alumni. Yeah, it was rocking. And you know, God, it was rocking. It was a fantastic game. I went back and watched the replay, and the crowd was into it the whole game. I think that's the one thing I've seen under the Jimbo Fisher era that has been such a relief has been seeing how the students get into the games and not to, you know, not to dump on any of the classes of 16, 17, 18, any of you guys, but you guys kind of got the raw end of the deal on those back end of the Sumlin year, the Sumlin era games, because you knew what you were getting into. You show up to Kyle field, you went to the game. Yeah. You yelled, but you knew, there was going to be a you know seven eight minute long touchdown drive where your defense was going to give up third down conversions fourth down conversions the whole way and it just was tiring as a defensive you know as a you know as a fan 
I think one of the most important things for a fan base to stay strong and relevant in the game is how the defense plays. If the defense can shut you down within three to five plays and no points and do that consistently, one, the students are rested, they're ready to go for the rest of the game, and they're willing to get behind you more often because you are showing that effort. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, defense will always, dominant defense, the fans always love that, despite the fact that, you know, defense wins championships, but offense puts butts in the seats, right? True. But I think what you see the differences from that kind of the end of the someone era to now is there's no, like, just throw your hands up the season is over kind of moment. So, you know, we stumbled early in the year, stumbled against Arkansas, and I think everybody was just kind of shell-shocked, like, well, it was bound to happen, whatever. Everybody shows up to Calfield from Mississippi State, and we lay a clunker, right? Yeah. And so now now you're concerned from an outside perspective of how is the fan base going to respond showing up for this Bama game, you know? They showed out. And they showed up, and and what Jimbo did was he put a product on the field that is more representative of the program. And and I think if any of us were flies on the wall, you know, in Jimbo's office uh, after Arkansas and especially after Mississippi State, I I know for a fact that that he was unhappy, and that would be putting it nicely. And because he knows that he's not getting the most out of the people he has on the field, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't like the Colorado game where your starting quarterback goes down, you're in a hostile, hostile-ish environment, and you sure. got to figure stuff out quick. You know, that you're into the season now. You've had your guy under center, so Mississippi State, I think, was obviously <clears throat> it was kind of a thump, just at pride level too. But this pro, the way the program responded is how we've seen him respond. So it gives the fan base and it gives the 12th man reason to come back. And they came back for Bama, and they were rewarded. And they've been rewarded ever since. And even even when we kind of step on our toes, Jimbo shows that he'll come. He's going to reward this fan base with the best product he can put out there. I agree. I think uh, going forward, I feel really good about the rest of this season. Um, In case you guys haven't noticed, I have a big man crush on Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, and um, so but rightly so. So as a quick aside, uh, within that Jimbo Fisher conversation, obviously the talks are up again about oh well LSU's keeping an eye on him. I don't think there's any teeth to that argument. I think there's teeth to the fact that Woodward would love him there. Sure. But th- this is – what what he's done here and what this community has done for him goes well beyond the game of football. So if you just take the football aspect, we've all but given him a blank check pretty much for everything. Facilities, yeah. you know, his contract, assistant coaches, whatever he's wanted he's got so far. Mm-hmm. That, that that he wanted it can get – it could get, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, oddly enough, I don't think Elko was was the number one choice. He wasn't, and he's been. I gotta feel. I love how it worked out. That's absolutely. Elko's fantastic. So, but we've given him the opportunity. But on top of that, you know, just kind of the type of country person he is, and being able to be here and hunt and fish and do the things he loves right here, all in the state of Texas, no mm-hmm. problem. And then combine that with the fact that you know his uh, his charity, you know, the kids first fund, you know, how much the Aggies have embraced that. Yeah. So it's it's more than just. Hey, come to LSU and you can win another national championship here. It's it just goes well beyond the game of football. It really goes. It transcends sport, which is why I think he'll stay. I mean, I could be completely wrong and have a complete misread on him, but I really don't think I do. I don't think so either. Uh, there's really no clear indication to me that he's going to be leaving. I, mean, I felt like in his little press conference, he was very quick to shoot it down, and then any additional responses like, "No, I'm not going." That's the end of it. 
Um, I don't know, obviously, how much teeth that particular statement well, you has. You never know. You right. never know. Um, Coaches but, are going to say what they're supposed to at a press conference. Of course. And But my thought would be that even if, even if he were to leave, which I don't think he will, even if he did, I think one of the options that you do have is just to promote Elko to that position. I think Elko is enough of a strong defensive mind that I think him moving into a head coaching position and maintaining that's not something that I would have an issue with. I'm 100% not going down this road because Jimbo's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere by any means. That, that, that's that's something that if for some reason we get to the point where we got to talk about it, yeah. um, you know, we can bring it up. But if, my feeling on the matter, and, and I'm not the only one that, that thinks this way, is, is that Jimbo isn't going anywhere. No. I'm at about a 99%. Yeah, I'm, I'm well north of that. Yeah, I'm at about 99%. Because, you know, there's always that that hint of BAS on the back of my head. I've got to tell it to go away. <laughs> so, um, I, I kind of wanted to highlight, since, you know, we pretty much hit the nail on everything for our game. Uh, were there any big surprises for you in uh, week 10? Um, I'm trying to remember how I, how I worked my day around it. Um. So actually, well, I, I, the first game I watched was Army Air Force because not only was it the early game, it was the early, early game. Right. They kicked off in Arlington at like ten thirty-five in the morning. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so God. yeah, I was still like rubbing the sleep out of my eyes and trying to get function for the day. But um, uh, no, but I, it's, I don't wake up at ten thirty on a Saturday. That's insane. <laughs> um, but uh, so that was a phenomenal game because you got to, you know, you got to beat them to, if nothing else, retain the Commander in Chief's trophy. It sure. um, doesn't matter what happens with Navy, but because Air Force has already beat Navy. So um, you'll retain it, but you can win it by beating Navy. So that was great game. Went to over. It was my sister drove down. She lives in Fayetteville, Arkansas, mm-hmm. but she's a West Point grad. She drove down um, to Arlington. Uh, just kind of decided on Friday. She, she was like, you know what? Screw it. It's Army Air Force. So she, she uh, drove down. And we texted a little bit during the game because in the first half, I mean, you could have read a book and not missed anything. And so. Um, and at halftime, she said something about this game is a total snoozers. And then the second half goes. It was I, I think it was literally tied at nothing, nothing at the half. And then uh, and they rattle off like thirty some odd points in the second half plus overtime. So it was a fan. It ended up being a fantastic game. And then I watched it. You know, I, I didn't do a lot of flipping around because everything that I thought might be decent, I remember flipping to it, and it just, you know. I wasn't overly surprised by anything that happened. Right. And that goes all the way through the evening. I I didn't think Iowa State was, was going to let Texas stay close. Um, yeah, and another blown halftime lead for Texas, man. That's four in a row. Yeah, that one won double digits, though, right? They were only up seven. They, they were up seven, three. Yeah. yeah, and then you end up. But that's just the deal, man. That's been Texas well, they, this year. Tell you what, they, they don't cease to provide – content for everybody to be honest whether it's on the field or off they can't get out of their own way right now and it couldn't happen to a nicer group of folks no and you know it's been rough for them but you know, oh, sucks. Yeah. i'm sorry um i will say probably the i won't call it the biggest um, surprise of the day but it certainly like when the score popped up the next morning when i saw it i was like oh that happened was a uh, south carolina and florida <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, I didn't see the game. I just saw the score, and uh, it wasn't even close. No, South Carolina just beat them like a drum, um, and then South Carolina Twitter went epic for like the next forty-eight hours. They were hilarious. Oh uh, well, I mean, and you got um, to in those situations, right? Get it when you can, right? Because you don't know when you're going to get it again, right? Um, I'm trying to think. I, you had a tight game with Ohio State and Nebraska there. 
but that really wasn't much to report on. Uh, Minnesota drops to Illinois. Uh, well, here you go. Uh, I mean, the Bama game was close. Yeah, Bama game was closer than it ever needed to be. Uh, TCU knocks off Baylor. Uh, I think... Oh, no, the one we're missing is the Purdue game. Yeah, that's what I was about to get to. Because Purdue, Purdue can't stop beating top five teams. And guess who they play this week? <laughs> oh, dude, they're set up the rest of the way to pretty much upset everyone. I'm about to say, you have on the road, granted, but you're on the road at Ohio State this week. And, I mean, I'm... All bets are off at this point when it comes to Purdue. I think – I don't think Ohio State's going to come into that game anything other than ready to go, but I have a hard time going against Purdue right now. Oh, I mean, they clearly have the belief in themselves. <laughs> I mean, you beat two top five teams, yeah. Well, and Ohio – I don't know. You know, Ohio State could really stamp their mark here, though. They, they really could. Because cause everybody's thinking of Purdue as the Giants slayers, right? And mm-hmm. if Ohio State goes in and – wins by, you know, 28 points. Yeah. Then you're going to be like, oh, man, that's the team that knocked off. So, it's a, I don't know. I, th- I think Ohio State is – I don't think they're on the outside looking in. Um, no. But they're – there's a bubble. So, we probably ought to just get to the rankings. Yeah, we can do that um, right now. It's Wednesday. I don't think anybody needs to rehash the South Carolina score anymore. Although, seriously, if you've not gone to South Carolina football like Gamecock Twitter. Oh, I mean, that was. They, they put up a couple videos that are just classic. Gems. Absolute gems. So, the rankings came out last night. Yep. And I don't think there's any surprise that Georgia's at first. No, not at and all. And then the surprises start. <laughs> yeah, Alabama's still holding it too, which, um, you See, know. I've got them at three. I've got Cincinnati at two, Alabama at three, Oklahoma four. I think, honestly, for the purposes of this season, that's fair. I mean, if you the look. One week ranking? Oh, I'm sorry. I got the, got the AP rankings. Oh, ah, that'll do it. Yeah, no. Get, yeah. I was like, no, that can't be right because I'm used lower than that. I was like, oh, that's yeah, that's a solid poll. I mean, here's what was going on with the playoff. <laughs> now, you got Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State in your top four right now. Right, and I think, and again, like we talked about, Ohio State will come down. It won't come down to the Purdue game by any means. Um but the Big Ten isn't settled. No. I mean, Ohio State has to play for their final three games, Purdue, Michigan, and Michigan State. I mean, not in that order, but they got to play those three teams. Right. I mean, yeah, they have to finish out the season strong, as does Michigan, as does Michigan State. They will eat themselves alive here at the end. Well, let's do this. We'll just start at the top. So, all Georgia has to do is just be Georgia. Exactly. They're not going to move anywhere. No. Um, Alabama just has to win out. Yep. That's kind of it. Um, and unless they get their doors blown off in the SEC championship, I don't think it'll matter. No. As long as they can keep it within about three or four points. Um, Should be fine. Oregon, I mean, they got to win out because uh, there's no other way. You can't excuse another loss in the Pac-12. No, and that loss being to a 3-6 and six Stanford team. Right. A bad football team. But, see, by that same token, I think there's a little bit of recency bias in the poll because you see Oregon – who lost to a really bad Stanford team, still at three, where uh, you have Michigan State, who just lost to a top ten team. Right. And they are sitting at seven, which I know that's how the polls work. Well, the discussion behind it this year has been more, well, and depending on which idiot pundit you listen to on ESPN, but the idea behind it was supposed to be, I don't care about last week's rankings, how did they look this week? You know, and, yeah. and so, uh, obviously you're still going to have the body of work kind of in the back of your mind. Right. Um, but I understand kind of their approach. So, 
that's what surprised me about Alabama bumping up to two because I thought they struggled mightily with a bad LSU team. They certainly didn't look like the number two team um, in the nation. Ohio State's going to sort themselves out, honestly. Um, Cincinnati. It's it's going to be Michigan State, Michigan, or Ohio State because yeah. I'm a firm believer that uh, the winner of the Big Ten is going to get it. Yeah, they're going to figure it out. There's going to be a Big Ten. So that still leaves Cincinnati on the outside. Yeah, at this point. Um, I think if you have Alabama lose by more than a couple scores, though, I think Cincinnati gets that bump in. I think they'd have to lose. I don't know. You know, because they're dying to put Cincinnati in. I think they are. So I think if I think if Alabama loses by seven, but they don't look great doing it, I could see them dropping. I can live with that. But, um, well, I mean, because then Cincinnati, again, then the rest of it, I, I think it's great that that they put OU down at eight. Yeah, Oklahoma's it, still sent at eight. Because they're undefeated, but it shows what everybody thinks of them. Well, and, and I think it's completely fair. I think it's fair because if you look back, and like, somebody did an analysis, they pulled up like the strength of record of every of every team, right? A&M's was like 45 and 36. I think same deal as Georgia. Right. Um, whereas like on the flip side, it's like Oklahoma's was like 20 and something. Like the teams that Oklahoma have played has just been absolutely dreadful. They have had a terrible schedule against terrible teams. Uh, granted, yes, they have really solidified who they are the last couple of weeks, but that does not excuse how poorly they've looked against really bad football teams. Now, granted, that could they end up getting into a playoff situation? Sure. If they end up at a four spot, I think Georgia takes them to the woodshed and exposes them for who they are. I think that's going to happen in any uh, New Year's Six Bowl they may end up in. Because I just don't think they're that good of a football team this year. They've just been hiding behind a very easy schedule. As has most of the Big 12, because it's just not very good this year. No, I, well, I think we all know that. that <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that's the thing. When's the last time the Big 12 was dominant? Oh, God. I don't know. 2008? Yeah, so... You know? So then you look through the rest of the rankings. Notre Dame, I think, is still wildly overranked. I, they I, I they don't always hear, will be. I don't want to hear an argument for Notre Dame. They barely beat a crap Florida State. They barely beat Toledo. Their best win is probably Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's, what, 20? Yeah, 19, it just depends on where, yeah, what rankings you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, they beat Purdue, which I guess right now looks really good. Yeah, but, but since Cincinnati beat them. At you know, in South Bend, yeah, they barely beat a bad Virginia Tech. They beat USC by two touchdowns, which nobody cares. They beat a bad UNC team by ten. Sure, you know they put Navy away, unlike you know some other teams. <laughs> right. So, and the rest of their schedule is Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Stanford. And if that's like a, a an academic bowl or you know or a men's soccer tournament then yeah that's pretty yeah that's a pretty outstanding schedule but but that's a shit schedule the rest of the way it really is so the fact that notre dame is even where they're at is laughable but they're not going to lose they're not going to lose they're going to end up in a new year six because that's just what's going to happen notre dame because it's notre dame uh you know oklahoma state at 10 a&m 11 i still think that's fair uh you know oklahoma state with one loss still well and, and that's one of those where i don't really care if we're 10 or 11 um no I mean, you could flip-flop the two of us, and I don't think that anyone would blink. No, we're we're in prime position right now for New Year's Six. Yeah. If and, we went out. Yeah, so yeah, so you have – if we went out, you're, you're guaranteed New Year's Six. Exactly. Uh, um, well. We will end up with, like what, – what's the games this year? It would be Fiesta Bowl or what was the other one? Sugar Bowl, I think were the two. Sugar. Um, 
so so what are the, what are the scenarios there? Right, Alabama loses to Auburn, we we get an SEC championship. Right. Well, in which case it's an auto New Year's Six. Yeah. If you lose. Yeah. And then I think it's even even with two losses, I think it would be an auto bid to the playoffs because you won the SEC. Yeah. It, um, that, that, that that's gonna be that will be very. All I'm saying that's is a razor thin margin to make. It's it. a razor thin margin, and you're asking a lot out of this football team. But here's the deal: if we find a way to sneak into the playoff as a four, it'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious, and I think you know you'll drop. Turn around and play Georgia again. Well, well we probably <laughs> would because Georgia will only drop to like two or three. You know. Well, I don't know if Georgia would drop. It depends on you know everything in front of. Them. But so if Alabama wins out, Alabama goes to Atlanta. So. Yep. I think if, like we said, if Alabama keeps within three or four points with Georgia, then I think they're both in, and then we're the auto New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. If Alabama goes to Atlanta and Georgia beats them by 20, then I think you start running into problems. We're, we're going to end up in, like, the Citrus Bowl or the Gator Bowl or the Outback Bowl, one of those crap bowls. Yeah, we don't want that. Which is hilarious because six years ago we've been like, come on, Outback. Yeah, and now now we're like you know we're like Outback. What the hell? Well, it's like, and that's what happens when you have raise established yourself. Yeah, you've raised right. the expectation. So the expectation now is minimum New Year Six. And if we are a New Year Six playoff team every football season, I think the fan base is cool with that. I think if you're within that conversation every year, that's important. Um, as you fall down from the rest of the ranks, I mean, you know, the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, say falls off, yada yada yada. Ole Miss at fifteen, though. We're probably the last team with a shot this far down the list, <clears throat> and that's only because of who we've beat, not our record. Uh, somebody did mention that. Um, I think Ole Miss still has like like a razor thin margin to get in. Um, yeah, Ole Miss can do it. We can do it, and Bama can do it, and that's. I think uh, we eliminated Auburn. Uh, Auburn's out. Yeah, yeah Auburn's out. So what it is, we have two losses. Um, we hang it on Old Miss. Yeah. Then there are two, and we have the tiebreaker. So that's kind of how that ends up working out, out down the line. Mm-hmm. So Old Miss could because they're uh, uh, Old Miss is at two, um, but they need another Auburn loss. Yeah. They they have to win out. They need an Auburn loss, and they and need and a Bama loss. Yep. No, no, because Bama beat them. Yeah, I that, that game's already been played, right? Yeah, they, they would need two Bama losses. They need two, yeah. So, technically speaking, Ole Miss is still alive. Technically speaking, just what? mathematically, <laughs> just like in the second week of the season, the Texas Rangers have mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, you've seen Futurama, right? Yes. Okay, you are technically correct. The yes. best kind the of best correct. kind of correct. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, looking at the rest of the you know rest of the top ten, UTSA just proud of them that they made it. Finally, yeah. they should have been in last week, but whatever. Hey, we have a ranked loss now. Thank you, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah, we need them to keep winning. So, how are we feeling about uh, Ole Miss? What, what's kind of your what's kind of your uh, angle there? Well, I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take the easy one first. Please do. We beat Auburn. Auburn beat Ole Miss. We're going to beat Ole Miss. I mean, that's yeah. It's the transitive property has never been proven wrong in the history of college football. No, right? never once. Never once. I, never yeah. once. Um. Oh man, matchup predictor's not being nice to us on a freaking. On ESPN, though, but who cares? Here's how I look at it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a cold night, all right. Yeah. Um, which those big boys are gonna love. Yeah. Right. Um. I think our defense. If if we go and repeat, and not even like the specific score, but just kind of the general, it's our game kind of defensive approach. Yeah. I 
we could go back and play Bama again, and I think we'd be. I think we'd beat them by more than three if we played the way we did against Auburn. I, I think they were just that good. Yeah. Um, and and the the adjustments were. Um, they were quick. They, you know, it's not just the adjustment coming from the coaches. You're seeing these players uh, um, really kind of swarm to the ball and adjust. Uh, I I like us to win. Um, I like us to go into Oxford. Um, weird things happen when we go to Oxford, so I don't think we're going to go in there and beat them by 40 by any means. No, not at all. But, um, but I think we also understand that this is our last shot at a statement. Yeah. And while you can't pay attention to that, you have to pay attention to that. Right. I've got so my brain has us sitting at maybe like a twenty-eight to fourteen, maybe a twenty-four to fourteen. I think we win this game. I think looking at Ole Miss and you know someone was talking about how much more reliant on the run they are than people would assume, uh, and really they're rushing numbers as far as what they've given up this year. Who boy, we're going to be able to run, and they're not going to be able to run. But the problem is, then that brings Matt Corral into it, right? Who is an established talent, basically, a, a, a slightly better, or even a little bit, you know, a step up from a Bonex. Well, and he's physically bigger too. And physically bigger. Um, yeah, he reminds me of uh, who was that quarterback that played for them when I was a yeller, Bo Wallace. Yeah, Bo. He reminds me of Bo Wallace. Got some size. Got some mobility. He can yeah. he can sling it. Um, so, yeah, your BAS should be going on all cylinders when you start talking about that. Um, but I. Uh, I, I just like our chances. I like the way our defense is playing. I, I like – I think that if you can keep Matt Corral inside the pocket, like we said, hey, we need to keep Bo Nix inside the pocket, right? Yeah. Well, if you can do that to Bo Nix, you can absolutely do it to, to Matt Corral because Bo Nix is a better runner. I agree. Now, Matt Corral is a better passer, but I trust our secondary. Yeah, I mean, the secondary has shown throughout this season that they have had fantastic coverages. They talked about uh, you know explosive play probability, like, we're the third best at preventing it in the nation this year. Uh, I mean, there's really nothing negative to say about the defense. Now, of course, the moment you say that's when something crazy happens. But I think that we have established with this Auburn game that we have a set expectation in our heads as a football team. This is who we are. This is how we play our football game. And we are not going to let you beat us. We are going to go into your house and beat you. It's going to happen. So You, you know who I think is finally on a roll? And they've been good all year. Their defensive line. The line has looked phenomenal. I think they have. I I think they have gotten better every single game. And I think right now they are just they are in stride right now. The way they're playing with each other, around each other, and for each other. Yeah. And so that if like at the top of my list is the defensive line play. Yeah. And so that combined with us being able to – well, we should be able to run the ball against a, a defense that isn't great against the run. Mm-hmm. You know, this could be kind of a slobber knocker 21-10, to 21-14 game. Because, again, you know, Auburn wasn't averaging 58 points a game, but they sure as hell weren't averaging three. Yeah. And so and, and this isn't the old Miss that we faced, you know, four or five years ago when they were averaging like 48, 53 points a game. You know, it, I mean, they look like – it looked like an arena league football team. The numbers they were putting up. I, I am I am really uh, enjoying these stats here. So I did take a look at the team stats. So uh, Ole Miss is averaging thirty seven point eight points a game to A and M's twenty eight point six. However, they're giving up twenty seven to our fourteen. So I mean, you're it's a big time gap. Yeah, I mean, you've got a you've kind of got a glass. I mean, they're kind of a glass cannon. They're scoring points. If this thing gets into a shootout, I don't like our chances. But no. I think if it becomes a defensive slobber knocker. 
oh, I think we win this thing by a couple of touchdowns. See, and I just – we don't get into shootouts. Jimbo isn't going to allow it with the tempo of our offense. No. And so, I don't think there's a shootout to be had. Look, if you want to score in four plays, go ahead. Just put your defense back on the field. We saw that for years with, with someone at, the, at our helm. Yeah. Go score in three or four plays, defense end, ends up, you know, spending – 70% of the game on the field. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to wear we're going to wear you down. Well, and I think I think we talk about, you know, the stats that are important. I think probably the most important stat for us this game is going to end up being time and possession. I think if we keep that offense off the field and we really wear down that defense, we're going to get to a point in the third and the fourth quarter that we'll be able to score whenever we feel like it. It'll be time and possession and sacks. Sacks for sure. You know, tire out their defense and make Corral be looking over his shoulder early. I agree. And, and and I think if you can do those two things, you might end up winning a bit more of a lopsided game. Ah. You know, just because they're old Miss doesn't mean they're they absolutely have to score you know thirty seven points. It's just not how that works. So I I like our chances and I like keeping them down in the ten to fourteen point range. And I, I think we can put up twenty one points. We I mean hell we put up forty one against Bama and I know it's Bama, not Bama's greatest defense. But I bet Bama's defense is better than Ole Miss. Well, you, so. would, you would hope so uh, based on that head-to-head matchup. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, Bama's defense gave up, what, 21 points to Ole Miss when it was all done and dusted. And one of those was very much a, oh, oops, we let you score one here at the end kind of mm-hmm. deal. So Yeah, the game wasn't as close as it looked. That's no. another thing. You know, those stats feed into all of it, too. We average this many points a game. All right, well, out of your – uh, you know, out of your two losses, how many of those were late scores, were they garbage time? Like, come on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's – I like our chances. I'll just put it at that. As do I, man. I'm excited about it. I think we've got ourselves a good game coming up this week. And then once we've got that, I mean, all you got to do is, you know, enjoy a mar- enjoy a halftime show and then go on the road. Yeah, that's what we've got for the next couple of weeks after yeah, that. Yeah, no, so. I mean, no, com- no more home conference games. So. Yep. It, it's, uh, but, you know, what has this program been all about? Finishing. Finishing. Yeah, finishing in November, and I don't expect that to change. Especially um, just kind of, I don't want to say dumpster fire that LSU is, but, man, it's close. But you, you'll have one of those playing for Edo to send them out on top kind of kind of Saturday nights in Baton Rouge, and you're like, blah. I think they pulled out all the stops against Alabama, though. I, I mean, they're, they're still going to be a tough out. I mean, because it's LSU on the road. They're always a tough out. But – Dude, I mean, I'm just I'm praying for a day. Dude, game. They have the same, That's all I want. They have the same record as Texas, and Texas, as we all know, is sub 500. I mean, you know, like I said, we're not a Texas podcast by any means. So, what, I will, a, what a great time to be alive, though. Yeah, two of our biggest recruiting rivalries are literally sitting at below 500 nine games into the season, and we're sitting here on Ge- the cusp of top ten. Geographically, our closest. Yeah. Wait, how far is Norman? Further than uh, it's further, further than further Baton, Baton Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. yeah, Baton Rouge is about five hours. That's right. I was thinking all the way to New Orleans. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, so your Norman's <clears throat> about six hours from here. So geographically, and really, just we'll just call it regionally, two of your three biggest rivalries that you know that triangle of Texas that you fight everybody for mm. are they're sub five hundred, man. Yeah. No, you. I mean, Houston kids or eyes are going to A and M. Everybody knows it. Well, not everybody knows, but I think people are starting to realize that OU's a little bit more of a paper tiger than they'd like to be. Well, yeah. Knowing that they're headed to the SEC with a Big Twelve roster. Well, and and everybody is making note of that. So I mean, there's going to have to be some major roster adjustments for Oklahoma before they make it down here if they want to make you know if they really want to be solid. No, they, no, they they can they can stick with what they got. I'm fine with it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, I will say this. I found this very fascinating. So they, were, they they pulled up this graphic in the middle of the Texas and Iowa State game about Big 12 recruiting since 2017. Mm-hmm. Texas was first. Iowa State was seventh. Texas has 70, either four or five star recruits. Iowa State has four. Overall, Iowa State had a better record, and they just beat their ass. Oh, yeah, I saw one of those graphics. And it was goes back to that five-star talent versus five-star culture kind of thing. Remember, wasn't that a Matt Campbell quote? Yeah. and But it's true. It uh, is. Well, but look, some of those kids aren't five stars. It's a recruiting ranking kind of thing. And well, yeah, we, we're not going to go all the way down that road. But some of those kids shouldn't – like, if they wouldn't blow up the ranking so much for, for some of these kids after they commit, there wouldn't be – so that's the hype train. Like, just yeah. just tell me the truth. Is this kid good or not? What's his strengths? What's his, what's his weaknesses? But I think I saw earlier that we might be on track to pull in more five stars yeah. in this class than I think Texas has right now. That's how bad the recruiting's been. I mean, I've seen anywhere from uh, five to seven potential five yeah, stars than they have like on their starting 22 or something yeah. like that. I don't, I don't, I don't the know. most we've it's ever insane. the most we've ever pulled in a class was like three so i mean this is just except it's a culture change it's a culture move for texas a&m and the thing is the whole nation is sitting here watching this change and i think josh pate 100 percent hit the nail on the head i'm not sure if you saw his oh, video yeah. when he came out and said hey texas a&m this is what college football is all about if you want to be in a great environment, this is where you want to be. And there's three things about this. One, it's their thing, so you're not going to get it. Two, you're not going to want to get it anyway. Three, we're winning. We don't care. And like I said, from the outside looking in, right, you can't understand it. Inside out looking out, you can't explain it. That's what we are. And well, people love to s- and re- love what we're doing. Well, right, but but that – and I love that phrase about Aggie Lamb, but that's probably – if you were to lead with that as a football recruiting pitch, you get laughed out of living rooms. Oh, sure. Of course you do. So, as much as we love A&M, we also love fighting Texas Aggie football and we want to win. But yeah. what you're seeing is it's it's a shift from the narrative. And I don't know if the narrative was ever true or if it was just pushed enough to be a narrative. Like, kids – well, and I guess it's, it's true because you look around the Big 12. Like, would you rather go live in Austin or would you rather live in Ames? Well, I mean, I guess you'd rather live in Austin, but these kids aren't thinking about, like, they're thinking about their career and the possibility of playing in the NFL. So would you rather go play for a four and five team or would you rather go play for Iowa State and Matt Campbell? See, it's it's becoming more important to these kids. Winning. The program and yeah. the winning and the culture than it is for me to go to college and have a good time. Because if it were all about having a good time, UCLA, Hawaii, and San Diego State would never lose. They'd all three be in the playoffs every year. Well, yeah, and it's a culture and it's a location thing. Uh, you know, there's why would anybody want to come to the South to play football, especially in the summer? Two days in August. I mean, it, you know, it's 110 degrees outside with humidity, and you're dying of heat stroke, and you just you're losing your mind. But here's the deal. That's where the winners are at. That's where the people who have invested in these programs are. That's where the money's at. If you want to go play serious college football and win titles and go play in the NFL, that's where you got to go. That's where you come. Yeah, so it's – yeah, and I think the SEC has really beaten that narrative into the ground because let's be honest, if you've been to Tuscaloosa, bro, like it ain't the most thriving of metropolis. I mean, it's no, it's no different than Bryan College Station. No. It's a smaller – it's a college town. Micro city. It's Auburn. 
Yeah. Same way. I mean, Starkville's even yeah, smaller. I think oh. In Auburn, I think you're closer to Fort Benning than you are Atlanta, if I if I remember correctly. Yeah. But still, Auburn, great tradition, puts people in the league. Yeah. Okay, you you want to go there, or I mean. If the city had everything to do with it, NYU would have a football program. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's where I think you see the difference when you go up to the Big Ten and mm-hmm. you go up into the like the Pacific Northwest. There are only a couple of programs that can sustain any sort of success, and it's because they are dumping a ton into their program. I mean, you look at Oregon, Ohio State, right? Okay, I mean, Nike. <laughs> Nike. You know, Nike U. Um, or Ohio State. Ohio State, Penn State even. Yeah. And I would and I will argue Michigan. Most Have you years. lived in Pennsylvania? There's good God, it's it's miserable. It's miserable. And the, the winners are even worse. The only thing they have up there is football. And that's why you got so many, you know, like diehard fans. diehard fans for Penn State, Steelers, you know, Eagles. Doesn't matter. In that part of the world, those blue collar, hard working folks, that's what they like. That's all they have. Here's another one. Nebraska. Nebraska. Like literally the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's there's nothing to do in Nebraska, and you cannot tell me otherwise. No, I've we've been the best thing to do in Nebraska is leave, leave Nebraska, yeah. right? But how long did Nebraska have a winning tradition of football? Because they have the support, they have the facilities, they've fallen off. But don't think that Nebraska's fallen off the college football planet. Everybody knows what a great football tradition nebraska is same deal with tennessee granted the only difference is tennessee's in the sec so Tennessee's in the hotbed and, but but they're but even with them being in the hotbed obviously they're not where they've been but nebraska obviously suffered from i think they absolutely suffered from leaving the big 12 because all of a sudden that big recruiting pipeline they had to texas got severed so that's yeah. been tough for them but even so you talk about some of the great college football rivalries and games and tradition. I mean, Oklahoma and Nebraska, that's yeah. a great classic football rivalry. And, you know, you think about the great blue blood names of college football, Nebraska's one of them, as is Ohio State. But they as cut out their Michigan. Texas pipeline. But that goes yeah. to show you that there, so many kids in Texas wanted to play for Nebraska football. They didn't want to play in Nebraska, but they wanted to play for Nebraska football and Tom Osborne. It's like, why was that? Because they were winning. They were winning, and that got you a chance in the NFL. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, those were some of the days when they had John Makovic at A&M, and you know, we were on probation. And this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you were looking at the programs that were going to put you in the NFL, and I think that is still the same. And that's why these programs are trying to hang on to the, the town and the culture being more important than the program is why these programs are finding themselves where they are. Yeah. USC and UCLA are having some rough stretch because they think that they can get through some coaching difficulties – because of where they are. And they can't. And which is crazy when you think about college, because the, the high school talent in California is off the charts. It's phenomenal. And yet they are the leaving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're all leaving. They're all leaving. And, you know, in the state of Texas, I mean, we've all been to Waco. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look. face it. I mean, but kids are, kids are choosing to go to Waco instead of Austin. It ain't for the nightlife, man. It's for winning football games. Exactly. I mean, you could, you could try to sell Sixth Street all day, but you know what? We can drive an hour and a half to go party in Sixth Street if we want to. Yeah, but I, n- not that I'm, you not, selling, not that you want to party on Sixth Street yeah, right now. <laughs> I'm selling a winning culture. I'm selling football. I'm selling the chance to be in the league. Not to mention to get a degree yeah. and have a and have a family and a network beyond school. And if you go on the NFL, it'll be your fan base when you're in the NFL. And when you get out, it'll be that network that'll be there waiting for you. Yeah. And so, so many of the things that we have to sell have nothing to do with the little cow town that everyone thinks College Station is. No. And so, 
these kids want to go where they can win. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. And if Nick Saban were to come tomorrow and say, I'm going to coach West Virginia next year, he would pull recruits to West Virginia because not that they want to be in Morgantown and smell burning couches when they wake up in the morning. It's because they want to go play for a proven winner in a program where they know that they can win titles and go play in the NFL. Exactly. And so it's craziness. Tough shit for Texas. Tough shit for Texas. So that was, yeah, that was a really long round to go around just to say that maybe you should sell more than, you know, Austin. Sell more than Austin. Sell more than your uh, than your hookem. Sell more than your band. Sell more than what you think is what is relevant in the modern day and age. You got to sell a winning culture, not a cool culture. Right. Well, it would you know, and we could go down the road of the the video that escalated. Well, well, no, which, well, we tried to sell a cool culture for a while, right? Look where it got us. Oh yeah, no. Looking for a new head coach. Yeah. Because man, we were cool when we had Johnny, right? We were <clears> real <throat> cool. When we had then Johnny. Johnny left, and we just wished we were cool. I mean, come on, Kenny Trill. Yeah, that was that was an experiment. A couple degrees <clears throat> less than awesome, but but that experiment failed. It wasn't about being cool or we run this state and being flashy and taking the swag copter. It, we brought in somebody that's now like, look, shut up. We're gonna lift weights. We're gonna play football. We're You're gonna, gonna go, do it my way. Go win a football game and a lot of them. Well, and look at and look at Oregon, right? I love the poster. Eight million football uniform, you know, combination zero titles. It doesn't not matter. It doesn't matter how cool you are. The coolest thing you could be is a winner, right? That's all that matters. Yeah, hey, Oregon is hey, Oregon is testing that, but Oregon isn't dabbling with a cool town or a great program. They're dabbling with a cool image at, or or a great football program. Yeah. And sometimes you wonder: Does Oregon care more about looking good and pimping Nike, or does yeah. Oregon truly want to win national championships? Wow. So, you know, maybe uh, what's the dude, the guy, the president of Nike? What's his name? Uh, yeah. Basically, he may as well run Oregon University, anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> you you wonder if his decisions have more to do with Nike? You know, is his heart more on Nike side, or is it more being an Oregon alum and won won titles? I mean, which is it? Because because I mean, yeah. over the years it seemed like Oregon's great and he's really happy, but he just wants to go out there and in twelve games have fourteen different uniform combos. I mean, here's the deal: at this stage of the game, Oregon is relevant enough that they're always going to be in that top ten conversation, whether they're winning or not. I mean, whether they are like super talented or not, they're going to be up there in that conversation, and that's additional exposure for Oregon. They're always around, and that's well, I think good enough for him. Well, and and. Well, it, but again, they play in the Pac-12, and as long as the rest of the Pac-12 continues to flounder, you know, and circle the drain, yeah, you know, it's uh, what's the old saying? You know, that that little white speck on the top of a pile of shit. You know what it is? Mm. It's still a piece of shit. Yeah. So, and that's why they continue to get put in the conversation and yeah. and continue to get left out when you know when the bell rings and it's time for the fighters to to get in. Oregon's left on the outside watching. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, well, what was the last time when they played Auburn? It was Auburn National Championship, wasn't it? No, oh no, it was. Uh, they they were in the playoff. They lost. Uh, they lost to Ohio State. Okay, and yeah. yeah, so, and that was it, right? Yeah, I mean that's all I can think of. In, in that's the last memory. one. Yep. So very very first playoff, they lost to Ohio State. I think we're thoroughly enjoying that. What we've and we, well, let's go back to the Cal College. Okay. Something that we've always prided ourselves in: substance over style. Right. right. Hardworking, you know, ag school. These are farm boys coming in, and we're going to work hard. We're, you know, we're going to take care of our shit. We're going to do it the right way, and that mentality at A and M has always been there. And well, I, it hasn't take, gone away. Yeah. We take pride in that as a fan base. 
but also we take pride in that as former students and we as do. current students. You know that hard work, that grit. You know, you know we're the Aggies. You know we're the farmers. You know what we're talking about. So we're starting to finally we found a coach that understands everything that we've always wanted, and it was substance over style. We want to go out, do it the right way, and succeed, and 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 go out and prove that by grinding a little harder, we're a lot better. Yeah. So case case in point. Uh... Jimbo Fisher's not going anywhere. We're fine. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was a long end around. Yes, there we yeah. go. So um, what, what do you got going on this week? Uh, just busy, man. Uh, busy, 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 busy. I think everybody's busy. We're getting, we're kind of ramping into the holidays, right? Oh, so sure. everybody's starting to think of the holidays because once you hit Halloween, like November 1st is shit. It's the month for Thanksgiving. Yep. It's like you're on the railroad tracks now. Yeah. It, it's like, uh, um, Back to Future Three when the third the third stack blows like it's too it's late about to blow. like like you're headed towards the canyon it's too like you can't use the brakes it's, nothing's gonna like it's over yeah. so past the point of no return it'll be January third before you know it mm. so um so just busy kind of getting wrapped up with all that stuff uh, uh Kira uh, her basketball season just started awesome um, yeah they played in Minnesota last night and they look uh, they look really good so good consolidated girls basketball team. Um, if you're around, I'm sure they'd love your support. Go Tiger! Yeah, go Tiger! Go Tiger! Um, but yeah, just kind of, just kind of getting wrapped back in. I'm finally, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm finally back. I think in the groove. Good. Um, uh, but yeah, but as, you know, as soon as you get in the groove, it's like, hey, Thanksgiving. Oh, and Christmas. And everything else. Yes, and and everything else. So uh, it's going well though. Um, international break for Premier League. So yep. Um, I don't. I haven't even looked at the U.S. men's team for qualifiers yet. I know we got them. Yeah, they're it's Mexico, right? They're it's Mexico. And Mexico fans got banned. I saw that. Oh, were they like officially banned now? Uh, yeah, I saw. I think it was last week. Good. Um, yeah, or they or they cut the number of tickets or something. They, but Good. yeah, they. Um, I don't know if it was for this qualifier, but um, I know they got banned from something from like inter, from an international match. It might be this one. So I'll watch that and. Um, Phenomenal. Yeah, man. Just, uh, you know, looking forward to A and M really finishing the season strong. Uh, this is, yeah, you know, this is the part where we're we're all flailing down the tracks uncontrolled. But this is where Jimbo steps in and goes, "Well, I'll take care of my part at least." You I'll tell you, cer- certainly <laughs> you hope so. Saturdays, lock it down, boys. Yes. Uh, so that that's where we're at. Uh, this week uh, we've got ourselves Round Rock Tavern on Thursday. Uh, we've got Aaron Navarro Band opening. Uh, Friday night we're going to be up at Hank's Grill up there in McKinney. We got a really good crowd on hand for that already. We pre-sold like almost 150 tickets a month out. Nice. Which is like okay, cool. And so we're going to have a good crowd for that one. Um, we've got Southern Brave they're opening, and then Saturday night, um, you know, of course while the game's going on because of course it is, <laughs> uh, we will be playing. Um, uh, our game will be up against. Um, Excuse me. So that gets Ole Miss. Uh, we will be playing at Green Hall. It's like you guys are playing a game. Yeah, we're playing a game. Yeah. Game of which. Oh, that's right. You're in Green Hall Saturday. Yeah, we're Green Hall Saturday opening for Kevin Fowler. So if you're in the area and uh, are feeling froggy and not watching the football game, shame on you. But you should come watch our show anyway. Just <laughs> come watch us anyway because I will appreciate your patronage. Yeah, at uh, God, there was something else I was thinking of. I, I'll remember it as soon as, as soon as we stop the recording. Of course. But, uh, but one thing I will say, and I don't know if we'll put, I don't know if this will go out tomorrow morning. Probably. I'm probably gonna kick it out today. All right, so I get kicked out today. So that makes tomorrow Veterans Day. So it is. Um, I would definitely like to say, uh, on behalf of a fellow veteran, um, you know, to everyone who served, uh, 
their their country uh, in the armed forces. I am forever grateful for your sacrifice, and uh, and I hope you have a very wonderful Veterans Day. And I hope you get to take a half day, maybe, and uh, enjoy a little time off. Maybe fire up fire up the grill, and, and and maybe if you're close enough, get a get in touch with a couple of your veteran buddies and have a couple of cold ones. So uh, a very very uh, uh, deep hearted thank you to all the veterans and. Uh, and I know I'm gonna I'm gonna take a half day and have a couple cold ones. So. And can't can't blame you there. And this uh, coming from a citizen uh, at this point, you know, just a, a non-reg as it were. <laughs> yeah, you know, an old non-reg. And an old non-reg. Uh, thank you guys so much for your service. We really do appreciate every single one of you for your sacrifices that you made for yourselves and your family, and of course for our great nation. Uh, we love every all of you guys. Uh, just keep staying strong and laying on each other and we uh, look forward to continue to support you guys um one additional plug what you got i remembered what do you got and now i got two things all right go one tomorrow is actually this whole trip that i took to france yes tomorrow is actually the centennial of the original unknown correct yeah november 11 1921 yep so um but i remember because we were talking about bands i don't know did i tell you that when we were in shalom champagne we found the bar and um they had like a poster on the wall that said speak english and drink beer so my buddies and i were like okay this is probably the best place for us to drink in this tiny town probably and they had this cover band come on with a female singer and all they covered was like um 80s and 90s like like they did a police set that was a solid 12 minutes long and they they were off to show you the videos but they were absolutely fantastic i thought that was one of the most random things on the planet i walked in and found an english speaking uh cover band mm-hmm. um playing that night in a bar that's phenomenal it was hilarious but good for that <laughs> yeah I, I will say that y'all are significantly better at playing music oh we try but that's cool though i mean that's, they, they, that's, but I tell you what, they weren't bad though that's good and and like their accents were it's, it's, i mean her accent she had it nailed on you know american accent cool so love that so yeah be sure to uh yeah i mean that was really cool Oh, we'll definitely check that one out whenever yeah, you get to check. Yeah. yeah, I might post some videos. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I have a new Instagram page. Everybody should go and check out and yep. give it a like. Uh, it is Shred Dirt Designs. Uh, that is Shred, S-H-R-E-D, like ripping apart. Shred Dirt Designs. Uh, the whole idea about this shirt is that, you know, well, our genre of music it's like, yes, it's Texas country, but it rocks a little bit harder. Do we call it Texas rock? Do we call it this? Is it red dirt? It's no. red dirt? No. No, it's, it's shred, shred dirt. dirt. Exactly. So uh, Shred Dirt Designs, it's on Instagram. Give it a follow. Give it a like. Uh, links for everything is going to be on there. Uh, if you have any other questions about that, you hit me up on DM online. I'll be more than happy to answer it for you. But. Uh- I would just like to say I'm very proud of myself that I have not spread that out or or accidentally dropped it in conversations because I thought when you first told me about that months ago, I thought it was one of the most fantastic things on the planet calling it shred dirt. Yeah. So I was able to keep a secret. See, I'm getting warmed up for Christmas. Appreciate keep it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we appreciate it. Well, hey, guys, uh, be sure to follow me, uh, Rob the Slapper on Twitter, Roy May 15 on Twitter, Red Ass Podcast. Guys, uh, thank you so much. Um, Beat the hell out of Ole Miss. Yeah, and enjoy, uh, enjoy Veterans Day. Enjoy the weekend and an away game. So, you know, throw a party and, and have a good time and watch us beat the fight in Texas Aggie hell out of Ole Miss. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we'll see you again, boys. Yeah.